This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. It is just 21 minutes to one. Thank you for joining us once again. And we've got a couple of firsts on the show when it comes to South Africa. And um, it's not stuff that we really want to be too proud of. The one we discussed previously <clears throat> with title was that we are the 12th largest global polluter of carbon dioxide, um, you know, carbon emissions coming from ESCOM. And then when it comes to plastic bags, we are up there again. We're number 11. So these are high figures, high positions that we don't really want to have. Never had us. Welcome back to Chai FM. Thanks, Avi. Thanks for having me. Great. I see you dressed more informally than the last time, so I'll take it as a positive thing that you're more comfortable. Never, we're talking slightly different on a slightly different topic to what we did last time, but using the, the skill and the position of your company, DYDX, so that to, to look at this particular issue, and that's what some people as cynically refer to as the South African national flag, which is plastic pollution. And, um, you know, as I was talking to Tato before, it's a, it's a sad reality when you drive through the country and you drive past the most more impoverished areas. There's just a massive litter everywhere, plastic bags mangled in the fences across the roads. And the government's gone a long way by charging for bags, by putting a value on them to reduce that. But it, it hasn't really changed. But at the end of the day, we've just got plastic seeping into our oceans. Talk us through that scenario at the moment. Sure. So, if, as you mentioned, South Africa is the world's 11th worst plastic polluter, uh, where we have plastic leaking through our system, 79,000 tons a year um, of plastic kind of um, running through the system. And and that's caused by lots of things. The primary pressure we have here, because we, we produce 41 kilograms of plastic waste per person, where the global average is 29 kilograms, um, is that we have an increasing pressure on FMCG good manufacturers to create smaller and smaller size packaging to address our poverty and increase affordability for consumers. But at the same time, that is creating more and more single-use plastic, which is increasing the the strain on the the ecosystem. So we've got a combination of trying to meet um, reduced ability to purchase. And by doing that, we're actually increasing the pollution problem. Never, just as an interesting um, observation, you know, living in Israel at the moment, one thing that's very prevalent here, actually, actually up until this week, when a new tax has been imposed, is disposable. Disposable is everywhere. Um, you'll come to me for a meal and to be served on disposable plates and uh, cutlery is not uh, unusual. Whereas in South Africa, you would never do it. You might keep a few for a picnic or when you're really feeling lazy. Um, yet where, so my, my question is, where is the plastic coming from besides plastic bags? Because at the end of the day, the impoverished South African community uses proper plates and cutlery and crockery, so to speak. Yeah. And they wash. So where is it coming from? It's coming from the FMCG products. So your washing powders, your sump, your sugar, your, all of those products are all bringing in that kind of plastic waste. And it's not just a plastic waste problem. We have a, we have a waste problem in general. Um, and, and globally, there's a waste problem in general, as, as you're well aware. Um, where even, you know, paper packaging and cardboard packaging is becoming a bigger and bigger challenge because the cost of paper and, and kind of cardboard is just skyrocketing, skyrocketing. I think there's been a 400% increase in the cost of packaging 
um, for paper and cardboard over the last three years. So we're seeing overall packaging creating a crisis as it enters the value chain. Okay. The end of the day, DYDX is a digital consultancy and therefore we've come to you to ask how using green tech can help to find the problem. First of all, what is green tech and how's it going to work? Sure. So, so green tech is really about reversing the impact of um, environmental damage that has, that has happened, right? So it's not even about trying to keep the status quo in most in- instances. It's about how do we take stuff out? How do we make things better? Is a lot of the green tech revolution. And you'll see more and more of it over the lot next few years. It's been one of the highest growing venture capital investment industries, and it will just gain more and more momentum because the problem is not going away and becoming quite dire. In this instance, what we did is as a digital uh, transformation business, we partnered with Smolin, uh, who are a very large distributor. Um, you know, they've got about 40,000 staff globally. They work with a lot of, a lot of packaging FMCG companies. And, and together with their R&D team, we worked on a project to try and understand what it would look like if we reduced the amount of packaging in the industry. So we really set this out to say, what if products were broken apart and you could create a positive social impact in the environment. It's a project we started about two years ago and piloted it in townships in South Africa. Uh, and we call it in Kualisa, which really means to fill up. And the idea is that you have a, we, you know, built intelligent dispensers. You put them in the spaza shops. People want to buy, you know, um, five rand of rice. They can just go there. They're putting five rand. It will distribute five rand of rice. The spaza shop owner can buy 20 kilos at a time, which he can put into the dispenser. The, the company, which that one we did with Tastic, can see exactly how much they have in their dispensers, so they know what their sales volumes are, and they can sell it in small amounts, which increases affordability. And for us, what was amazing in doing the, this research and kind of putting it in, in, into the field and testing it was that the, the commentary of how the public perceived it was the idea of from one rand, that I can buy fruit from one rand. And based on I'm a single person or it's the end of the month, I could really tailor food to my affordability. And that would reduce the pressure significantly on brands to produce all the smaller and smaller packaging and we'll get rid of a lot of the single use packaging. So that was where we started out. We then started working with a company called Nude Foods in Cape Town, which is similar to the refrigerator in Johannesburg. Israel hasn't got too many of these shops yet, but it's coming. I heard there was one in Tel Aviv now. Um, but the interesting thing there is that as that started, as that will start rolling out, you'll see more and more product being taken out of packaging at a retailer level. And actually the rules like laws like this, you speak, speak about the laws now in Israel. In Europe, they've passed a law now that says you have to pay 80 euro cents for every kilo of unrecyclable plastic that a company produces, right? And there's another law now in France that says that for any store over 400 meters squared, 30% has to be for unpackaged goods. And with no packaging. So we're seeing this growing trend uh, towards that. And so we redesigned the units. We improved them to not only be available in Spaza shop, but also in retailers. And those are the units that we're now going to go to market with, with Smolin. And that's how digital technology can really transform these industries. We enable consumers to have a better shopping experience. If you think about what packaging we always use for to say, oh, I want a 100 gram or a 200 gram controlled quantity and price. Now we can control quantity and price through a smart kiosk where you can say, I want five rand or 10 shekels or whatever it is. 10 shekels won't get you as much as five rand though in some weird, even though it's five times as much, who knows how the 
economics works. But um, but the idea is you can go in, put the amount, you'll get out what you need, and the the and the logistics chain will be in real time updated as to what has happened, what the transaction is, which means that we can improve our logistics channels, which means that there's less stock on hand that, that retailers have to hold. That means that they can get better pricing. That means that better price because you can take out the cost of packaging. That means you can pass better pricing onto consumers and onto brands. And, and there should actually be a net gain in the economy as we reduce the amount of packaging costs overall. So green tech and digital technology allows you to solve a real, real social and environmental problem that we have by actually making the process better than what it was before. Neville, you know, what I'm so excited about, as you were sorry to speak, I was sort of making notes and I wrote Smonen because that's a, a model that I think is absolutely brilliant and you, you just brought the whole thing in. Just practically, one thing I've noticed over here is that there's a lot of open area where you can go and take and it's become COVID-friendly with covers, et cetera, et cetera. But the bottom line is I can't walk into the store with my Tupperwares. I've got to buy the containers or use their containers. So where's the advantage? Isn't it a zero-sum game? we dispensing into these unpackaged um, things, and now I'm repackaging as I leave out. Where's the advantage? So the advantage is that over the time what will happen is people will be more common for you to bring your own containers back. So if you look at the new foods refilleries, they do bring their own containers with, and also plastic bags. Plastic bags are a lot cheaper. They can be done more economically and they can, you know, can be really utilized well in that environment. So dry goods can go in plastic bags, kind of wetter goods or goods that need to be airtight can be in your own resealable containers. And what we'll see is a general reduction in the amount of containers and, and a growing habit of people to bring their containers with them. Like we now know people bring their bags to shopping and when, oh, it's impossible. It's habit. Once we get into that habit, people will bring their containers with and that will naturally shift and move across. Never we need to take a quick ad break. If you don't mind, just hang on the line. Craig, please take us to the shops. We'll be back with you in a moment. This is RV on Business. Welcome back to 101.9 High FM. On the line with me is Never Hadas from the digital agency DYDX. Never, as usual, we're running out of time. I think that seems to be the story of my life on radio. Let's just cut straight to the chase. We're now talking in five years' time. And your fantasy has become a reality. What would I see when I walk into my local supermarket when it comes to this issue of packaging waste pollution? So what you'll see when you walk into a retailer in five years' time will be a row of kiosks, you know, kind of smart dispensers. And if, if you go to smartful.store, you can see what, what we've, what we've been building so far with Smolin. And they will allow you to basically dispense the amount of product that you want whether it be dry or liquid or, or, you know, oils, whatever it is that you want to do, you'll bring your own containers with you. You'll fill them up for the amounts that you need for your family uh, or for yourself. And you'll be able to walk out the shop. And that's probably what you'll see. And then you'll probably still see some packaged goods and all those things will be for larger quantities. If you want to buy a kilo of rice or two kilos of rice, you'll probably go and still buy that in traditional packaging because it will make sense. But if you start breaking it out, you'll start seeing that it will all be this, all the smaller quantities will be whatever you want to buy, how you want to buy it. You know, I've just noticed over the last short while that YouTube and Facebook is becoming a lot more sensitized to the pollution of plastic in the oceans, not so much because it's affecting the marine life, but it's affecting economies. 
Ships are getting struck, impellers are getting cogged up, they're getting breached because of that. And there's a whole revolution as to how to clean up the oceans, how to get this all done. And often over here, when I'm throwing a plastic spoon or fork or plate away, I think like the typical scenario, I'm not going to make a difference. One guy, like one fork, it doesn't make a difference. But I suppose 7,000 people, 7,000 forks a day, it becomes uh, important. But ultimately, you are right. When I, when one goes shopping here, if you don't have your bags in the boot, you snook it because you're not going to get your goods home. And it's my, it's sometimes easier just to buy new ones at whatever they are, just to keep them and, and to re, and to recycle them so that they're always there. And never at the end of the day, there's a lot of questions coming through. I haven't been able to address. People really want to be in touch with you. They just simply want to understand how technology can work for them in their businesses. And there seems to be a lot of activists also trying to get involved with you as to how they can do things. How can people reach you guys? Sure. So easiest way is just email us, connect at dydx.digital. Um, you can send us an email um, or you can try just email me directly, nevo, N-E-V-O, at dydx.digital also works. Um, and you yeah, that's and, your, and your, so your, your, uh, your address on, on, the, on the web? Is dydx.digital. That's the URL. That's the website. There you go. Yeah. Good. Never, as always, thank you so much. Sorry to push you. We're running out of time. Thanks no so problem. much. Thanks for your time and best of luck. Thanks so much, Avi. Have a good day.